was born here at the age of 19. I sat over there, Cedric preached on grace, couldn't help myself. It took about three years to understand that it's all in or nothing. And I'm so glad for many people in this room who were a part of me getting all in to the church. And um, who's waving at us over there? <laughs> I just want to say this morning, we had such a weekend already. I mean, yesterday was, just, I'm so full to overflowing. I'm overflowing with hunger, overflowing with gratitude. And then this morning, just praying for, for Glenridge, I just thought, well, first of all, I thought, I thought I was hungry. And then I hung out with the Glenridge leaders yesterday. I just, I'm telling you, we take some hunger home with us. And that is so exciting for what we're going back to. But I want to say this morning, I woke up with this word permission. And we sang about it yesterday. But Glenridge Church, the Lord and all of heaven gives you permission to seek him for more. It just gives you permission to say, expect me for something higher, wider, deeper. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so determined about this. I felt, I felt Jesus say, I've given you permission to pioneer the new thing. It's no more rearview mirror stuff. It is pioneer the new thing. And um, that will require being all in, all in the boat. Or, or, okay, don't want to contradict yesterday's word, but all in what Glenridge is a part of. So I'm super mad, kawabunga, thrilled to be here this morning. And... Um, I'm excited. I know what's on Anne's heart. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for me. I'm very excited about Glenridge's future. Brilliant. Good morning. It's really, really good to be with you. I'm waving at you. Is that Nick? Nick, you champion. Sheesh, head of security. Love you, bro. You know, this morning something amazing happened as I walked through the gates at the back there. I thought I would park in the VIP. No, it's not VIP parking. But I, I thought I would park in here and I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, no, park on the other side. I thought, okay, I'm going to do that. So I parked on the other side and I walked through the gates here this morning. And as I walked through the gates, I was just reminded of all the, all the hundreds of times Angie and I walked through those gates while being part of this home while being part of this household. I'm a son of this house. Ange is a, is a daughter of this house, and we have an inheritance in this house. It's an eternal inheritance. It's an inheritance that is wrapped up in heavenly places. And, uh, and so I, I, as I walked through there, I thought to myself, I wonder how many times I actually walked through these gates. It must have been hundreds. And as I was just thinking and as I was processing just uh, all the different times, occasions that I can remember just walking through those gates and seeing people having coffee at the back here, um, people greeting one another and giving big hugs. Things have changed now. <laughs> I thought to myself, there were many times I walked through those gates and I was distracted. There were many times I walked through those gates and my mind was on other things and I came here and I cannot even remember what I received. I know spiritually there was an impartation. Spiritually, God deposited something within me. But the times that I can remember walking through those gates was when I walked through those gates with an expectation that I'm wanting to meet with God. And I want to just start this morning to say to you, every time you walk through those gates, come with an expectation. Every time you see those black gates, come with an expectation that God is wanting to meet with His people every single day. Not just once every now and again, every single day. 
As I stand here this morning, I don't know why I'm on the stage. Maybe it's for camera reasons. You're going to have your hands full trying to get me to stay on the stage. But I want to say to you, as I stand here today, I'm more convinced than ever before that I have been created. I have been made to know, to live in the presence of God. And that is for Glenridge. That is for Glenridge. And so come with an expectation. God wants to meet. God wants to overwhelm. And God wants to flood your expectation with His goodness. You have an expectation that's up to here. And God says, your expectation wants to be met with my limitlessness in the Spirit. That's for every believer here this morning. That's not just for those in the front row. It's not just for those who have come and gone before us. That's for all of us, from young to old. I love the life of the Holy Spirit in this community. I love the hunger of the Holy Spirit or for the Holy Spirit in this community. I see it in the children. I see it in the old. I see it in those who are in between. The Spirit of God wants to meet your expectation. That's a word for this community this morning. That's a word for every single person here this morning. What is your level of expectation to be a carrier of the presence of God? You are an ark of the presence of God. Do you know that? Do you know that? And I just felt, I've, I've said it a few times over the last two days, Friday and then yesterday. I've said it a few times, but I want to say it again. I felt the Lord say to me, Anton, remind this community that their roots are in a revival culture. Please be excited about that. Your roots are established. You were born, you were birthed in a revival culture. You were born, you were birthed out of a, a great move of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord says, don't just camp there. There's far more that I want to take you into. And I need to remind you of that this morning. The prayer in my heart is that that, that word will not just remain as, a, as words coming off my mouth, but that that word would become something that is deeply established in your, in your heart. That your head knowledge would become heart knowledge. Because when head knowledge and heart knowledge meet, there's revelation, there's freedom, there's breakthrough, there's life all around God's people. So you've been, your roots are in a revival culture. The second thing that I want to say to you this morning, if I can have the elders stand, please. Just the eldership, if you wouldn't mind just standing. Is the church becomes an echo. The church becomes an echo when we stop releasing the sound of the Holy Spirit. We just become an echo. We lose our authenticity when we cease to release the sound of the Holy Spirit that God has placed upon this community. And so, Father God, I pray for this leadership team. I felt the Holy Spirit say that I need to do this this morning. If we can just stretch out our hands to this team. Father God, I pray for this leadership team. And I pray, Lord God, that you would lead them, that you would guide them to lead these people into what it means to be a people that release the sound of the Holy Spirit. I speak this over this leadership team, Lord God. I pray for deep encounters with you, Holy Spirit. Encounters like never before. I pray, Lord God, that, that this leadership team will have moments of standing up here and leading and preaching 
and bringing word that will, that will activate, that will awaken the wider community to the sound of the Holy Spirit within them. I release that now. I release that now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, this morning, I want to talk about the riches, the wealth, and the blessing that we have in the Holy Spirit. A large percentage of the church today live completely oblivious to this reality that you are rich. Thank you. You are rich. The church is not in poverty. The people of God, is, they are not a people that are caught up in poverty. If it had not been for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the church would be in poverty. But we have received power, past tense, to be His witnesses. Not going to receive power, not one day, hopefully, God willing, we will receive power. The Word of God says we ha- we, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, or upon you. To be my witnesses in, in Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. That's past tense. It's not future tense, it's past tense. You have received power. To be an effective witness. The church would be in poverty without the Holy Spirit. As I stand here this morning, I want to say to you, I would be absolutely useless if it had not been for the work of the Holy Spirit inside and within me and through me. I am not in poverty. I'm a son. I'm accepted in the beloved. And God trusts me enough to give me His very presence, His presence living within me. But guess what? His presence wants to come out of me to touch my neighbor. Or maybe not touch my neighbor. To, to... Do you know what I'm saying? Because the Holy Spirit lives outside of time and space and even geographic locality. And when I begin to speak, declare the promises of God over my nation, things have to shift. And I'm standing in, in the front here this, this morning and just worshiping. And I see this community literally laying their hands on the land of this, of, of this country. And I know we're on a station, so we're not really touching the soil. But I saw this community putting their hands on the land of, this, of South Africa and beginning to speak revival. Beginning to speak healing once again. Because healing has been spoken over this nation. And the Lord is saying, I'm calling my people, I'm calling my church to partnership right now because you are not in poverty. You are not in poverty. I'm sorry if I'm excited. Jesus was so excited to walk up that hill to die for me and you. I cannot not be excited. I'm burning for Him. I'm burning for Him. I'm not in poverty. A preacher named Leonard Ravenhill once made a statement that that touched me to my core. He said that the greatest, the greatest problem the world is facing today is not world hunger. The greatest problem the world is facing today is not economies failing and falling apart. The greatest problem the world is facing today isn't this and isn't that, isn't that or, or whatever. He said the greatest problem the world is facing today is a sick church in a dying world. What makes the church sick? What makes the church sick is the fact that we are not in poverty, but we live, we choose to live in poverty when we choose to not acknowledge 
the presence of the Holy Spirit within His people. You're not in poverty. You're not in poverty. You are rich. And you have a rich Jewish brother. His name is Jesus. If the church can begin to treat the Holy Spirit as more as, as, more as just a person in the corner of the room, I believe we're going to begin to see the greater works that Jesus was talking about. The greater, the greater, the greater, the more abundant, the greater miracles. And we're not a people chasing off the miracles, but I'm telling you, when we chase after Jesus, when we pursue Jesus, miracles follow. When we begin to press into the life of the Holy Spirit, something begins to change. And so before I get in to talking about the wealth and the riches that you have or, and that I have, I have it and I'm going to boast about it, that I have in the Holy Spirit. Before I get there, I want to just, I want your, I, I just want to, to bring your attention to the nature of the battle that we are in. I want to bring your attention to the nature of the fight that we are in. The nature and the battle that we are in, it is a spiritual battle, more than what it is a natural battle. But the church gets so caught up in the natural obstacles and the natural things that are, that are facing the church today, and we try to get natural answers to spiritual problems. God wants to give you a word for the obstacle, the trial, the difficulty that you are facing, and the word that he's going to give you is not a natural thing. It's a spiritual thing that will bring spiritual breakthrough. And once there's a spiritual breakthrough, it will spill over into the natural. There are people here this morning that are facing relational problems in marriage. There are people here this morning that cannot have this business deal go through. Or that business deal go through. I want to say to you, the solution to your problem is not a natural natural solution it is a spiritual solution and I believe the Lord wants to speak to you but he's going to speak to you through the leading of the Holy Spirit everything that I'm saying here this morning is not brand new I'm aware of it but let's begin to apply it I remember just this incredible moment of revelation when when I, when I understood this, this thing right now, talking about the nature of the struggle and the battle that we are in. The enemy, and I'm, I'm, I'm not wanting to give him attention at all, but we cannot ignore the fact that he is here and that he is present in this world. I remember I had this, this moment of revelation when I came to realize this, is that the enemy is the accuser of those who believe. The enemy is the accuser of those who believe. If you believe here this morning, just wave at me. The enemy has never stopped accusing you. The enemy has not stopped speaking lies to you and about you. He is the accuser of the, of the brethren, the, of those who believe. And I remember just having this moment of revelation when I came to realize this. Many, many people in church life believe the lie that once they are born again, the enemy stops lying. The enemy is going to stop making accusations against them. I want to say to you, the day you get born again, the accusations are only going to increase. The lies are only going to get more. 
But what we do with those accusations, what we do with those lies is what makes the difference. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit is the great counselor. The Holy Spirit is the great advocate. The Holy Spirit is the great parakletos, the one that draws alongside us. The Holy Spirit is the great teacher. The, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And so when the, when the enemy comes and he brings an accusation against those who believe, what is, it that does, what is it that the church does with that lie, with that accusation? With the leading of the Holy Spirit, it is the Holy Spirit that will reveal the accusation against us. There are accusations against men and women here today, and you're trying to find natural solutions to the accusation, to the lie, and the Lord says, Come to me, wait on me, wait on me, and I'm going to reveal the truth over that lie that will always trump the lie. You see, truth will set you free. Truth will set you free, but what is it that will keep you free is living with the truth. Living with the truth. Truth will set you free, but don't just camp there. Remain in the truth. How do we remain in the truth? Remain in relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. Acknowledge the accusation against you. But secondly, acknowledge that Jesus is your greatest defense. Can I say that again? Acknowledge the lie. I've heard the lie. But within me, I'm hearing the truth. And when I begin to hear the truth within me, I begin to release the truth. See, the people of God have been called to, to, bring, to bring truth to this world, to this dying world, because we're not sick. We're not sick. We're not dying. We are alive in Christ Jesus. We are alive in Christ Jesus. And so let me focus, because I got a little bit distracted. Ephesians chapter 1, it says this. Through our union with Christ, Ephesians 1, Verse 11, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as His own inheritance. That's a whole preach in itself. It took Martin Lloyd-Jones, I think, close to 20 years, to, close to 20 years preaching every single Sunday consistently through the book of Ephesians, 20 years. The book of Ephesians is packed Packed with truth. The book of Ephesians will sort out a lot of identity crisis within the believer's life. The book of Ephesians will also bring to light what is available to the church. You are rich. You are rich. You have an abundance. You are lavished. But you are also his chosen inheritance. His chosen inheritance. As you sit here this morning, can I ask you just to, just to meditate on that? I am His inheritance. I am His inheritance. Before we were even born, He gave us our destiny. You have a destiny. You have an inheritance. You see, the words that I speak here this morning are not natural words. They're spiritual words. They're spiritual truths. I'm asking you to receive that this morning. We have... Even before we were born, He gave us our destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in His heart. 
God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to long for this messianic hope, would be the first to believe in the anointed one, Jesus, and bring great praise and glory to God. Other translation says that he has destroyed the dividing wall of hostility. The wall that separates Jews and Gentiles. It is because of Jesus that we can all stand, that we can all sit under one roof, different cultures, different languages, different backgrounds. It's all because of Jesus. Jesus has destroyed the dividing wall. And because of him, you who, you who are not Jews heard the revelation of truth. You believed in the wonderful news of salvation. Now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. I love that. He has, he has given to us like an engagement ring is given to a bride as the first installment of what is to come. He is our hope promise of a future inheritance which seals us until we all, sorry, which seals us until we have all redemption's promises and experience complete freedom, all for the supreme glory of God and honor of God. Isn't that an incredible passage? You have been stamped with the seal of the Holy Spirit. You have been given the promise of the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing a future inheritance. But that is also where the problem comes in. That is also where there's a misconception, where the church believes and begins to believe the lie that the, the inheritance, the abundance, the riches that we have access to in the Holy Spirit is an inheritance that is to come. Here's the truth. The truth is we can begin to access, we can begin to pull of the inheritance that, we, that is to come into this earthly realm, into today. It is for today. Faith is now. Faith is now. Now faith is. Faith is now. It's present. Faith is now. You see, we can look at that beautiful display every single Sunday. We can come here Sunday after Sunday and we can see this thing of faith in front of us. But until we begin to access that, begin be, until we begin to step out in that faith, it's just a promise. It's just a dream. It's the Holy Spirit that causes us to access the riches and the lavishness that we have in heavenly places. In heavenly places. There's a true story that, that I just quickly want to share. A true story of, of a family that lived in poverty for many, many years. Year in and year out, they lived in extreme, extreme poverty. And the father of this home passed away. And very, very soon after he passed away, they discovered some of the richest deposits of gold right beneath the surface of the property that they actually lived on. They lived upon great wealth, but they lived in poverty. And as I heard this story, I thought of the church. Often the church lives in poverty, but right below the surface, right below our feet, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right here, right here, right here, right here. You can touch it. There's great wealth. That wealth is accessed, accessed through relationship and revelation of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that incredible? I've got two key words that I want to declare over Glenridge this morning. You are sealed. 
and you have an inheritance in the Holy Spirit. You are sealed and you have an inheritance in the Holy Spirit. Craig, can you come and help me, bro? If you can hold this one. And Julia. This is Craig and Julia. They're from Upper Room. Would you give them a big round of applause? Julia, if you can stand here. Don't open that thing. That is a rotten banana. That is a rotten banana. And this is a beautiful apple. Not Julia, the apple. And I'm going to show you now what's over here. Just come stand here, Julia. I want to, turn your, I want to bring your attention to something. Paul writes in Ephesians, and he says this incredible thing. He says, you were dead. You were dead. You were dead in your sin. You were like... You were, this, you were like this rotten corpse walking around. You were dead. That was my previous state. I was dead in my sin, dead in my transgressions. And what caused this death is I was separated from God. Completely separated in a relationship with the living God. And many of us have that testimony this morning, I think most of us, is we were dead. But because of what Jesus has done, He made me alive. He made me alive. The reason I'm alive is because I'm in fellowship with Him. The reason I'm alive is because His Spirit lives inside of me, and I am so one with Him Spirit to spirit, there's life being infused into me at any given time, whether I'm awake or whether I'm asleep, whether I'm aware of it or not, He infuses me with His life. It's John 10, 10. I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. But here's the other reality. And this reality here right now is there's a future inheritance. There's abundance. And this over here is a, is a beautiful display, but I want to say to you it's a completely inaccurate display of what is wrapped up to the believer in heavenly places. I just want to create a mental picture of what is available to you. A more accurate but also a completely ridiculous and, 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 and inaccurate display would be a whole row of trucks, Willie's trucks, bringing fresh produce in here would be a more accurate display of what is wrapped up for you, what is wrapped up for the church in heavenly places that we can begin to access here right now. There's abundance. Our life in Christ Jesus, our life in relationship with the Holy Spirit causes us to live beginning to access what is in heavenly places here on earth today. At any given time, at any given time, you get the point. But so much of the church chooses to live being influenced by the old dead self instead of what is wrapped up in heavenly places, the life and the life more abundantly, the abundant fruit, the lavishness that is in heavenly places. And thanks, Julia. Thanks, Craig. And I want to give you this challenge here today. I want to give you this challenge here today. Before you leave here, 
make a commitment to say, Holy Spirit, I rely on you. Holy Spirit, I choose to access everything that is available to me, and I choose to stop listening to the lie of the enemy, which is that thing right there. That thing right there is dead. Romans talks about that you are dead. I think it's something like 30 times in a few chapters. You are dead. You are dead. You are dead. You are dead. But now I am alive. Now I am alive. I've been born again. I have the Spirit of God living inside of me. And I've got access to this incredible storehouse of heaven. It's the Holy Spirit. See, there's two pictures of being sealed in Scripture. There's the picture of being sealed and we have been given an engagement ring as, as a groom gives an engagement ring to his future wife. The church has been given an engagement ring as a promise. And that engagement ring as a promise, is the gift of the Holy Spirit. As I stand here this morning, I ask you to look again at the promise of the Holy Spirit. As I stand here this morning, I ask you again not to grieve Him. As I stand here this morning again, I ask you again not to treat Him as just someone in the corner of the room. You see, the Holy Spirit's given as a promise, as, a, as an engagement ring, as a promise of what is to come. Here's the thing about our bridegroom king. Here's the thing about, about our king Jesus, is he never gets cold feet for the day. He never gets intimidated. Here's the thing about our bridegroom king Jesus. Here's the thing is he keeps his promise. He doesn't get cold feet. Here's the thing about our bridegroom, King Jesus, is he dreams about that, that great day, that great wedding day, more than any one of us. Two pictures of, the, of, of being sealed is, is the seal of the Holy Spirit upon us. The other picture is the seal that the Father places upon our hands, the signet ring. The signet ring. And we know the story of the prodigal son when he returned from his wonders or his wandering, his, his walkabout. As he comes to his father, his father was already waiting for him. And his father was the one that actually ran to him. And his father was the one who placed this incredible robe upon his shoulders and gave him new shoes. But something else that the father gave him was the this, was this signet ring with the family emblem upon it. And it said about the signet ring back in the day that once you carried your father's ring, you could go into town, you could go and purchase, you can spend on your father's account. How do we spend on our father's account? How do we spend using the account of heaven? It's our relationship with the Holy Spirit. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. You have the signet ring of heaven. 
But God is calling us to move out of the natural and into the spiritual. Because we begin to access what is in heaven through understanding that we've been sealed. And so this morning, I want us to respond. I want to pray for us or for you as a church. I wonder if you wouldn't mind standing. This is my prayer for Glenridge. It's similar to what, what Paul prayed. What did Paul pray? He said, I pray that you would know God better. That you would know God better. I pray that you'd know the hope of your calling. Yeah, you guys can come up. Thanks. The hope of your calling. I pray that you would know the riches of your inheritance, the riches of your inheritance in the saints. And I pray that you would know the power of God. The power of God. The power of God. You see, when we walk in faith, we walk in power. When we walk in faith, you cannot walk in faith without the leading of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, it's just dead. It will just be performance. It will just be dead works. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's, that word is the word rhema, the rhema word of God. The rhema word of God comes through being sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I ask us just to open our hands. Sai, can I ask you just to open your hands? I've got a word for you. Just so, maybe someone just stand behind her. That would be wise. Good Sai, I, I, was, I was standing down at the bottom here this morning and I felt the Lord say, I'm anointing her to redeem time. So Lord, I thank you for your anointing upon her. I thank you, Lord God, for your anointing resting upon her like never before. Like never before. Holy Spirit, won't you touch her now? Holy Spirit, won't you break any mindset of limitation off her right now in Jesus' name. I say be loose right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for abundance. I thank you for, for a release of heaven's resources over her in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you would pour out heaven's blessings over her in Jesus' name. I thank you that she will be used. She will be used by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, to release the, the resources of heaven. I release that. I speak that over you now. To redeem time. I thank you that you will place words in her mouth that will be spoken over generations where time has been lost, where time has been stolen, and that there would be a redemption of time spoken in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Father God, I, I just, I come right now. And I say, I say, awake, awake, awake. 
awake. Be awoken this morning, Glenridge, to the sound of the Holy Spirit. Be woken up. Be woken up. Be woken up from slumber. I pray that right now to the sound of the Holy Spirit. I speak what is not in existence into existence here this morning. I thank you that this community is a community that's marked by power, that this community is a community that's marked by the presence of God. And I thank you that nations will be drawn to them. Nations will be drawn to them. I thank you for the glory of the risen King upon this community. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Your kingdom come, Heavenly Father. In, in, in Glenridge as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Dan.